Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hello and welcome back to Ayers on the Road. We are really on the road. Well, we're, we've been in the air this, this week and we are happy to be on the island of Kauai, which is unbelievably gorgeous we have we were here 25 years ago or so yeah we, be, we go to maui every year but we hadn't <laughs> been back to Kauai. our daughter we've got a, our youngest daughter charity who some of you follow her really amazing blog called right now w-r-i-g-h-t right That's yes right but she's our blog spot she's our compulsive traveler and she's been in so many places around the world. And she wrote yesterday and said, all right, I'm qualified to make this statement. I've been everywhere. And the most beautiful spot on earth is Kauai. <laughs> yeah, that is, she has just about been everywhere. And now they're still going with those four little kids under five, under six. But um, it I think is, she should write a book on traveling with <laughs> four children under five. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Except today she has COVID and she just gave it to her husband. So they're just waiting for the ball to drop here. The kids will probably be fine, but um, he's teaching at BYU and I don't know what he's, I guess he's not going to class. Um, this crazy pandemic is you know, though, getting Linda, crazy. You haven't read day. it yet, but there was an article in the New York Times today that says that in Europe, at least, they're now shifting from a pandemic to an endemic. In other words, they're beginning to say, you know, Omicron's going to get us all eventually. It's too contagious to contain, but it's not as serious, and we can live with it and control it. It's like the flu. We just have to get used to it. As long as you're vaccinated. And take care as long as you're vaccinated. And I don't know if that's right or not. I'm no scientist, but I, I think that's something we should start thinking about, that you don't, pandemics don't end. They, well, they, they become, they evolve, they become endemics. And hopefully we're going to get to that point, you know? Oh, wow. The life is crazy right now. But we, before we get too far away from charity, I do have to say, since you mentioned her blog, that she is determined to get all of the places they have been out of her camera and into her, <laughs> into her blog. blog. And it is amazing. She's posting every single day the last few days just because she's been too sick to do too much else except take care of those little kids. So um, it really is a fabulous blog. You should get Yeah, it that a try. makes you curious. Right? Oh, did I get it right? It's just right now, her last name. She's married to Ian Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. So the blog. Right now. Dot blogspot. Oh, right dot now. Com. Dot blogspot. It's dot pretty com. amazing. Dot com. Oh, just dot com. No, oh. dot blogspot.com. I'm oh. sure our visitors have got it now. <laughs> Let's They'll make probably sure got that it by you now. do. Anyway. So, so, hi. How are you? We're looking out at a really beautiful path that goes right through the jungle and goes down to the beach. And before you get too jealous, we're here for some meetings with a good friend of ours. And and here's the interesting thing. The meetings will segue into what we want to talk about today. But before we go any further, we have to say thank you to Josh Cloward, our producer, who made this work from anywhere all over the world from, from Kauai today. Thanks, yeah. Josh. So here's the segue. We, uh, we're, we're talking to this friend about doing more speaking and more 
presenting in the area of grandparenting because we really, we feel sort of almost compelled to do more of this for, for kind of a social reason as well as a personal reason. We, as we travel around and as we meet with people and as we still do a lot of parenting lectures and so on, and we, we keep finding that the families who are thriving uh, well, I mean, that's, I don't want to make a blanket statement. A lot of, there are a lot of different ways to thrive as a family, but a lot of the families who are thriving are three generation families, involved three generation families. What I mean is they're, the grandparents are involved with the kids. The parents, in so many cases today, both of them work and, and bless their hearts, they need some help. And when you're, when you're needing help as a parent, you really only have two options. I mean, a lot of people don't have any options, but the most you probably have is two. One is to, you know, hire nannies or bring in people to help with the kids. And there's something just not quite right about that because you're essentially, you know, hiring someone else to, to help with your highest priority so that you can pursue a lower priority. But I, I don't want to lecture on well, that. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's for everyone to decide. But that's one option. The other option is to, if you if you have this option, is to have the grandparents more involved with the kids. I'm not suggesting they are the the baby tenders of the kids. I'm just saying three generation. I'm saying teamwork, Linda, between parents and grandparents is often the very best place for a child to be where the child gets that help from both those generations. Right. But that's not always possible. Right. <clears throat> for parents any more than it is for grandparents. Like we couldn't really be the nanny for any of our kids. No, no, I, I didn't mean to suggest that. I mean, you can't expect grandparents to be parents and not many grandparents want to repeat. So have to, we know a lot of grandparents that are actually raising their grandchildren because they've lost a child or because their, their child's a single mother and, there's lots of reasons, but we're right. not, we're, that's not what we're saying. We're just saying each individual family, and all families are different, it, it behooves each family to try to develop an approach to raising children that involves both the parent and the grandparent generation. Yeah, that's in better. Some way. Uh, because you can't expect these young couples to uh, not need help oh, of course. <laughs> from other yeah. people. That right. is really important. That's right. <clears throat> and we think that uh, that's happening more and more around the world. And, and we see it as we, uh, both as we speak to parents and as we speak to grandparents. I mean, maybe we see it even more from the grandparents' side. Grandparents want to be more, I think, and this is a general statement, but on, on, on balance, on average, grandparents want to be more proactive and, and we think we know some of the reasons why. Number one, uh, if you become a grandparent today for the first time, statistically, you are likely to be a grandparent for 40 years or more. Yeah, actually longer than you've been a parent with children in your home, much longer. Well, yeah, if you figure you've had a child in your home for maybe 18 years, you'll be a grandparent for twice that long, most likely statistically. And so it's a long-term thing and it's a beautiful thing. I mean, you know, there's all the cliches about grandparenting, how beautiful it is, right? Like if I'd known how great this was, I'd have done it first. Right. I'd have skipped the parenting. <laughs> 
And, you know, there is an interesting survey that we saw recently, honey, that said uh, though, to those who have grandchildren, uh, they consider their grandchildren, the mo- quote, the most delightful part of their lives. Yeah. Oh, so many. And I think grandparenting has become a word, uh, you know, 50 years ago, parenting was not even a word. You yeah, had yeah. children so that they could help with the farm or they could help with what was going on and and so on. It, it, parenting was not really thought It wasn't really that. a thing you went to the bookstore and had a section on. Right, know? right, for sure. But now there's shelves and shelves and shelves of parenting uh, advice and not a lot on grandparenting because it just is a new emerging a way of life. It is. It is true. So many, um, vast majority, ninety percent, grandparents say that their biggest joy in life is their grandchildren. N- mm-hmm. No offense to the children, however. <laughs> right. Now we've said on this show before that the way to bring this about, this teamwork on raising children between parents and grandparents, the way to bring it about is. And the most important ground rule is to remember the parents are the ones with the stewardship. What you don't want to do if you're a grandparent listening, and sometimes this is a temptation, right? You don't want to assume you know a whole lot more than your kids, and you should tell them how to parent, and you should organize how the kids are raised. That's not your stewardship. That's your children, the parents' stewardship. And and the best grandparent, we know this for a fact because we've watched it in a lot of families, the best approach for a grandparent to take is to go to the parents, maybe in a, maybe in a beautiful way, maybe at a beautiful dinner somewhere without the kids, just the parents and the grandparents. And the grandparents say, hey, we want to support you. We want to supplement you. We want to, you know, be your backup. What do you need us to do? And then there's a kind of a, I don't want to call it a negotiation, but, you know, some, some kids might ask for too much. Well, we want you to come and babysit the kids three, three nights every week or some crazy thing. And, and you got to be honest. Well, we, here's what we can do. The, the, the parents have to say, here's what we need. And the grandparents have to say, here's what we can do. And there needs to be some kind of a, orchestrated approach. You know, this puts me back in time to a group that we were speaking to in Colorado, uh, up in the mountains, ski mountains. We'd been invited up there to speak. And this young couple said, you know, I love my parents so much, but they have completely disengaged themselves from from our kids. They just aren't interested. And she said, we are struggling with our teenagers. And I think it would be so great if they would come and help us. I mean, if we said to them at a dinner or whatever, we we really need you right now. These kids are struggling. This is the pivotal time in their lives. And I think you could make a difference in their lives if you could just get engaged or at least give us advice. Tell us what we can do. And it was kind of an eye-opening, you know, life-changing thing in her mind. We don't know what happened after that. But I think sometimes grandparents are such a great resource and they just aren't asked to help. Yeah, I think that's exactly, they are the greatest resource. And, you know, 
again, it's a little sensitive. And what you don't want to get into is any kind of an altercation or argument between generations of how kids should be raised. Remember, the parents are the ones right. in charge. That's hard. But yeah. you can do it. You can actually bring that sort of teamwork together. And you said a really interesting thing, Linda. The grandparents have to decide how, you know, how much, where they're going to put their grandkids on their priority list and how much they're going to do. And today we're talking sort of to both parents and grandparents, but in the second half of the show today, we'll take a brief break in a minute. We're going to try to zoom in and talk sort of directly to you grandparents about making this choice as, in terms of how much of your time and mental energy and priority can be devoted to your grandchildren, because you're all busy too. You have many other things on your plate and many other things to do. But we want you parents who may be listening to continue listening in after the break, because this, again, is a teamwork thing. And uh, the decision that your parents make, the decision the grandparents make about how involved they can be and want to be is, is not something they can make independent of you. You know, you're the ones in charge, you parents, and you should be thinking as hard and creatively as you can about what are some of the things that your parents can actually do better with your kids than you can. Because you're involved as a parent, you have to discipline your children and set their guidelines and you have to feed them and get them to school. And you have all the responsibility and stewardship of these kids. And so that takes a lot of your bandwidth. And also you're so close to them every day that the relationships can sometimes be, you know, strained and up and down. And there are some things a grandparent, an older sort of calmer presence can teach children that you can't. And so one of the things we've seen is parents say, you know, here, dad and mom, here are the things we're having trouble teaching our children. And it might be a value. It might be honesty. It might be respect. It might be, you know, getting up and being self-disciplined. Will you try to help teach my kids this, you know? Yeah. So I, you know, hang on for the second half, because we're going to throw out a whole lot of ideas for grandparenting that, and it is a big job. Um, well, and mainly we're going to talk about, about you grandparents, how to make a decision, a conscious, deliberate decision as to how involved you want to be. Right. With the exactly. So hang on. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back. Um, we are having fun talking about grandparenting today. And I, the reason I'm thinking about this so much at this moment is that between February, uh, January 13th and February 13th, we have 14 birthdays <laughs> that I not just grandkids, care. but our kids. just grandkids, but a lot of grandkids. It's our twins, our oldest um, in Sarah's family, twins' birthday today. Um, our Younger, son's birthday tomorrow. Um, but it got so overwhelming of what to do for their birthdays because we're not by most of them. We have three local families, but six of them are spread across the world. And what in the world do you do? And I know you grandparents listening and you parents listening know that there are a lot of options and a lot of ways to do this. But 
it got so overwhelming that I've, I've done different things through the years, but just this year, I've decided to um, just send them an email. Just a letter, how much or a love text them. if they never look at email. I'm not trying to get them um, a gift every time. But uh, I do send the grandkids, and I just send an announcement that I'm not sending anything to the adults anymore. But um, except for some cases. But anyway, <laughs> all right. Anyway, no. Line. But what I'm saying is <laughs> that um, what I like to do is send a message with five things that I adore about them. Yeah, you do really great. And then Richard sends a goofy poem. He is so good. I mean, he could have been Dr. Seuss. Goofy poem. Well, I mean, it's always. Come on. Some of them are very sincere. They're very deep and sincere, but they're also (laughs) funny because you have to have rhyming words. It has to be a rhyming thing, although you write. So the bottom line of this, Linda, is people are like, well, but but it's too hard. And I've got, you know, five grandkids. How do I keep up with them all? Now they're listening to Linda Iyer talk about her 34 grandkids. And they're either saying, holy moly, this woman is super woman. Or they're saying, well, I guess if she can do it, I can do it. No, no, no. But it's not that hard to sit down and write five things you love about your grandchildren. Once a year, I mean, it really is not a big deal. It just takes a few minutes. It just takes concentration on thinking, this is what I want to do. Ooh, that rem- By the way, that reminds me, we were with a friend of ours, actually one of our in-laws, one of the people we call co-grandparents, because they're the parents of, of one of our, of the spouse of one of our children. And he said a funny thing. He's, he's got a lot of grandkids too. And he said, one of his friends at work said, Bob, how do you even remember all their names? And he said, I said this very seriously. This really touched me. He said, I know their names pretty well because I pray about them. I pray about each one. Yeah, we just learned this. And we thought that's so, so beautiful. One of the things. So if you're looking for what to start out as a grandparent doing for your kids, pray for them. Your your prayer as a grandparent parent is powerful and it will also reveal to you some of the things you could do for those grandkids and this is remarkable this man is remarkable it's um shawnee our second daughter's husband's father and he is unbelievable because they have how many 50 well no, no, let's not get into the number eight. but the point is he but, knows but them he all really he knows them all them. and his wife said you know i tried that but it takes about a half an hour and they could pray for all those kids. One Man, at a time. that is the most remarkable thing I've heard about grandparenting this this year. Now, honey, before we run out of time, let's let's get to where the rubber meets the road here. Let's we, we've been meeting lately, and we had some involved meetings with one couple that are fairly new grandparents, and they're it's new territory. They're charting, you know, they're, and this is great. What a great thing as you begin this forty years of grandparenting to sort of sit down and try to decide how you're going to approach it. Now, that's not to say if you're into it a little and you've already got some grandkids, you can't reassess and go back and sort of ask yourself the question, what kind of grandparent do I want to be? That's one of the things you can design and control in your life. So we want to read you a little from an article we we did on that subject and comment on it as we go. So here we go. We'll take it a paragraph at a time. We have a blessing or a gift that no generation of grandparents before us has ever had. It is the gift of more time. 
We baby boomers, all 80 million of us in the U.S., and most of us are grandparents, will live on average at least a decade longer than any other generation of grandparents in history. The question is, what are we going to do with those extra years? We have a lot of interests, passions, responsibilities, and priorities. We have our extended careers. We have our sports and our friends and our hobbies and our travel and our music and our other personal interests. We have our finances and our investments. We have our causes. We have our bucket lists. We have our cars and our boats and toys. We have our politics and our clubs and our churches and other responsibilities. We have our siblings and our extended families, and some of us still have our own aging parents. And we have our children who, even as adults, are still our children. Well, that paragraph made me feel kind of tired. No, it didn't. We, want, we don't want you to think we have all of that. Yeah, we, right. we have a boat that's 30 years old. And we finally told the kids, they said, when are we getting into a boat? We said, no, when are you getting into a boat? But you get the idea. And so going on. But none of us, when we really sit down and think about it, have anything quite as delightful and as joyful as our grandchildren. They are, they are our flesh and our blood. They are our pride and our joy. And ultimately, they are our only real legacy. Well, they're children and our good children. How much of our time and our mental energy are we devoting to those precious and perfect little kids who carry our name and our genetics? And how deliberate and thoughtful are we about the time we spend with them, about what we can do for them? about the relationships we want to have with them and for the rest of our lives. How grand is grandparenting? About as grand as we make it. Um, we don't get a lot of training about how to be grandparents. There's no owner's guide or instruction manual. Um, we actually, we have interesting grandparent stories. I only knew one of my grandparents that were still living when I came. So I, you know, I really didn't have a lot of interaction with grandparents. Yeah. Uh, it is a whole different story now in this generation. Right. And so that's the point. We all have a decision to make a choice that will have big and lasting consequences. We need to simply ask ourselves, what kind of grandparent will I be? And if we've been a grandparent for a while now, but not yet made that decision, now might be a good time to make it. There are several alternatives, and each comes with a different attitude. Think about this. We're going we're gonna to suggest that in our observation, we've seen four sort of approaches to grandparenting. And what makes them distinctive is the attitude that they carry. Okay, so we're going to go through four and you decide sort of where you are or begin to think about where you are. Number one, disengaged grandparenting. And the attitude is, I raised my kids and now it's their turn to raise their kids. I'm done. This attitude might lead you to downsize into an adults-only condo in Sun City by a golf course where your days would be quiet but boring. <laughs> right. Number two, unlimited grandparents. No, limited grandparents. Oh, limited. 
unlimited is we'll get to that uh, later. Appropriate. <laughs> uh, limited grandparenting, the attitude. I love to see them, but in limited doses and on my terms. We see a lot of that, don't we? Yeah. In this model, grandkids are like amusement parks. You go there once in a while to have fun or like as a dinner guest, and then you have them over now and then when it's convenient. That's a kind of an interesting analogy. In this model, Everybody grandkids are like amusement parks. Yeah. <laughs> go there once in a while and have a little yeah. fun. Yeah. Okay, number three, the third alternative, supportive grandparenting. And the attitude here is, my kids need all the help they can get with their kids, and I want to be there for them as much as I can. With this approach, you become part helper, but maybe also part martyr, sacrificing your own life to be at the beck and call of your adult children whenever they need you to help with their kids. You've seen that. You've oh, all seen absolutely. that. You've all seen these grandparents who are like, I'll do anything. Well, the, this, the mom has got to go to work. So I'll go over and take care of those kids every day, which is so admirable because there are times when that there is are times the only, when that's the only thing, but yeah. there are others where they they do it almost as a martyr and where the, it's bad for the family because the, the parents not there as much as they could be. And the grandparent feels put upon. So let's get to number four, Linda. Number four, proactive grandparenting. The attitude is, my children are the stewards for their children, but I can teach these grandkids things their parents can't and be an essential part of an organized three-generation family. And by thinking about it hard and coming up with a strategy and a plan, I can make a real difference in my grandkids' lives, even as I add joy to my own life and keep myself young. So only at this fourth level does grandparenting really become effective and consequential and, frankly, really fun. Well, I do have to say there are so many different combinations of grandparenting and parents. and Sure, these are just general categories. Uh, We have so many friends who have difficult in-laws, and it's so hard to uh, navigate that in so many cases. You have to really figure it out. It's mind-boggling. But you just said it, Linda. You have to really figure it out. And we think it's at this fourth level where we deliberately ponder the needs we can uniquely fulfill. And we set conscious, deliberate goals and plans with in concert, in, in communication with our children to enhance the grandkids' lives. And we do it in this wonderful kind of teamwork. So what we're, what we're going to do, we actually were considering, we still are considering it, but I don't know when or if it'll happen. We, we would like to do an actual, a whole podcast weekly on just grandparenting. It's, it's such a rich field and there's so much to say about it, but we don't know if we have the time and we don't know if our producers are are ready for that just yet. And so what we'll do on ours on the road, we don't know exactly how often, but at least once a month, we will devote ours on the road to the topic of grandparenting and from looking at it from different sides, from the parents' side, from the grandparents' side, even from the grandchildren's side. And we're, our whole goal as always on ours on the road is just is not to give you some answers because no one size fits all answer in anywhere in families. It's all unique up to each family, but our goal will always be the same to kind of stimulate thought 
or ideas or possibilities in a way that will cause you to be uh, able, a little bit better able to make your own decisions given your own circumstances, right? Right, exactly. It is such a wide field and a new field. It's absolutely amazing, you know, what what you can do or what you can't do as a grandparent. But the whole thought today is that we can do more because this is our legacy. This is what we leave. I mean, think about how much your grandchildren know about who you are and what you love and so on. And many of you do much better job than we do on that. But you need to share those things with your grandchildren. You, this time is precious. So a little food for thought, whether you're a parent or a grandparent, Think that over, or I should say too, Linda, whether you're an aunt or an uncle, you know, we there's a lot of people who may not have children of their own, but they are involved, active aunts or uncles with children. And the bottom line is no matter bottom line, two bottom lines. One, we're all part of a family. Two, the things we do within that family, whatever our role is, are more important than anything else we do in our lives. Right. Exactly. Um, we've, in many cases, we've already done the kids. Now it's turn for the grandkids. So have a great week. We're signing off from the beautiful island of Kauai, and we'll see you next week on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. <laughs>